Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Flip Side. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative of Living Strong Consulting. And I hope you've been on our entire journey this month. We kicked off the new year, 2024, shifting our mindset from resolutions to evolution. Mm. How will you evolve in 2024? What will you allow yourself to have permission to explore, to do differently, to lean into so that your full brilliance shows up? Kalila Lyons, Uh, gave us an assignment at the top of the new year in our very first episode, the kickoff of season 11 and the kickoff of 2024. And so she gave us an assignment to pursue the B list and not the A list. It's not about being perfect. It's not about all of your accolades. It's about who are you going to be in 2024. And since that conversation, we've had guests that have talked about the your the opportunity that you have to be able to live into all of those things. And tonight's conversation is going to continue that journey. I am so excited to be able to um have a conversation around soul salary. I know, you're wondering, well, what does that mean? (laughs) And you all know how I am a big believer in the mindset that we have. If you're operating from a deficit mindset, then the limitations that come along with that, the energy, the opportunities that are just blocked because of that deficit mindset. Well, Jess Kaskoff is going to walk us through helping us actually get honest and clear about your soul salary, your raises as well as your deficit, and get clear about where you are, where you living from that place as you journey to a place of joy. But let me tell you a little bit about Jess. Jess Kaskoff is a number one best-selling author, speaker, life coach, and thought leader who inspires the world to profound joy and fulfillment. She left her successful 15-year engineering career at a Fortune 500 company to start her own business, Joyfulness with Jess, trading her hard hats or headbands. Today, she does what she feels called to do, motivating and supporting others. She lives in the suburbs of Chicago with her encouraging husband, two active sons, and two lazy cats. And (laughs) we are excited about talking about unpacking and giving ourselves permission to get honest about our soul salary. Welcome to the show, Jess. Thank you so much for having me and the kind introduction. 
Absolutely. I've been really looking forward to unpacking this concept. I think when we initially had our um, interview conversation and kind of connecting, I think I shared then like this concept of um, that it's almost in a financial sense, but recognizing when we talk about worth and value and life and pursuits, it just makes so much sense. So can you just kind of kick us off? What was the main thing that um, had you bring this concept to birth? I think that's a a really interesting journey that I went on um, to decide on soul salary. Um, And it's S-O-U-L, which I think everyone picked up on. (laughs) Um, So it's soul salary. And, you know, they say you write the book you need. Um, I certainly did here. Certainly did here. Um, and, And the concept really is that it's it's not this the financial salary you earn from your job, right? It's the salary you pay yourself and your soul. Um, so so truly it's it's the value your soul receives when your time and energy, which are your non-renewable resources, right? Um, is are in alignment with what feels joyous and fulfilling. So that's the concept. Um, and I really created that concept as I was going through major transition in my life. So I wrote the book and did the exercise in the book as I did my own journey, my personal soul salary journey. A lot of real-time examples in the book. And um, ultimately, I made some really big life changes based off of writing this book that I don't know that I would have made that early on if I hadn't uh, written the book as well. Wow. You just so resonated with my um, journey as well. It's been so interesting um, how with setting up this conversation for the new year, how many guests in just as I listen to their story, how I pick up on, oh, so this is why we were connected. (laughs) I too, the book I wrote was the book I needed as well. Awesome. Yeah. And thinking about how, how has this journey helped me add value to the planet, to others, um, and continue my own healing journey. I love that. I love that. And I I do feel like you need that intense motivation to do the book, right? I started off with a pretty loose motivation. I said, oh, it's on my bucket list. Let's do it. Well, that's not enough like heart-based intention to get it through it, right? It, it's not an easy thing. You just write a book, right? Um, so I, I kind of dove deeper and I said, well, why why do I, why is it on my bucket list? And I thought, I want to time travel. And in books, you time travel. And what I mean by that is I want my children's children's children to be able to have a piece of me and my advice and my lived experience. Um, so that that really resonated. But then I said, like, why why do I want that for my children's children's children? <laughs> and it's because I, in my journey, have found some deep love, joy, fulfillment, and I want to share that. I said, okay, well, wh- why do I want to share that? And I got to my very heart-based intention that really got me to the finish line of publishing, which is I want to make a profound impact on the world. And when you elevate yourself and others, you elevate your world around you. Um, and so it just it just felt so um, heart-based, like I said, and it was it really got me through to the publishing aspect. Yes. When you understand your why, we've had yeah. past conversations around it can't just be about the book it can't just be about the money it can't just be about what what fame you think or hope you will gain it's why are you doing it and i loved how you literally just walked 
an author who has been stuck, <laughs> you just walk them through kind of that breakthrough opportunity. So as you embarked on this journey, how are you defining soul salary? What does that mean? Yeah, so the the interesting part that I think connects with people is that concept of salary. We all know what salary is. You know, you have your paychecks, you have your bills, right? Um, so the book follows that. And soul salary definition is the value your soul receives when your time and energy are in alignment with what feels joyous and fulfilling. So the book takes you through how to get to become a high earner in soul salary. So I start with, you know, what is your soul salary right now? And thank you so much for taking the quiz. I do have like a free quiz on what is your soul salary. So that gives you a real quick where you're at and some quick tips based on where you're at. And everyone, if you haven't done it yet, the link is live literally in this post. Um, so please take the time. I did give Jess some feedback. It was so simple. You quickly got the results and it allowed me to really think about the areas that I had to say no in and why I was saying no. Mm -hmm. And it's just such an opportunity um, as we're going on this journey together this month with everyone who's listening and following to really allow yourself to explore where are you, what's getting in your way, mm -hmm. and um, begin to get intentional in the shift the shift making. How has this process of soul salary shifted things for you? I think um, the first thing that it did was really remind me that I need to, as I put in my book, demand minimum wage. It's the law. So you are the CEO of your life. If you're not demanding minimum wage, then you're not paying yourself enough, right? And minimum wage is you're meeting your basic needs. You're meeting your needs. Your body and self trusts that you will take care of it. So I really had to start there. Um, you know, that's not where I was originally. So the that was a that was a starting point. And I mm -hmm. I do feel like, you know, the flip side of adversity is what we talk about here. I really truly feel that a chunk of my adversity was this concept that we have in this culture, which I feel like most working parents feel. And that is this expectation to work like you don't parent and parent like you don't work. So I'll say it again, work like you're not a parent and parent like you don't have a job. There's, it's just become so commonplace that I think we don't call it what it is, which is adversity for working parents. Yeah. And so that was one of those moments where I realized I wasn't, I had moments in my parenthood that I realized I wasn't meeting my basic needs. That really hit because I think, and we've often um, on the show talked about like that grind culture, that hustle culture, and both trying to be both of those things mm -hmm. is so exhausting. It's impossible. It's, it is. And mm -hmm. so we've set an expectation that we is unrealistic, yes. that can't be met. Mm -hmm. And I love, um, so this concept that I've been unpacking and are really going to dive deeper into in 2024 is shifting from self-care to soul care. Mm -hmm. And so really thinking about how am I ca taking care of, and for me, soul care is our emotions, mm -hmm. our mental state and our habits mm -hmm. and getting really clear 
on how the combination of those is, is actually allowing me to be full or am I in a depleted place? So yeah, this is- I love that. I love that. And I will tell you, there's this quote that you might like if you haven't heard it already. And it's, if you don't make time for your wellness, you'll be forced to make time for your illness. And I, I have a real life example of that. And I think this was one of my first um, kind of wake up moments to how much I was into the hustle and grind. Um, when I was pregnant with my first child, I was working uh, a lot of hours and I was on call 24 seven. And in the second trimester, I started to get Braxton Hicks contractions. Do you know what those are? Yes. Yeah, those yes. practice contractions. They're not real contractions, but they force you to sit down, drink some water. If they stop, they're not real. So they were never real, but second trimester is pretty early to be having contractions, right? And so I just continued. I would sit down long enough so I could until I could walk around in the in the contraction, right? So I was not taking care of myself. I went to my OB appointment and I told her about it nonchalantly. Like, yeah, I keep having these contractions. And, you know, she actually forced me on work restrictions and said, if I didn't, you know, get my act together on meeting my needs, she was going to put me on bed rest. And I was so embarrassed that I was so disconnected from my body, from my needs, and so ingrained in this, like the hustle, the grind productivity that I'm growing a human and I still wasn't taking care of my body. It was just such a wake up call, you know, and it's that quote, if you don't make time for your wellness, you'll be making time for your illness. And it was just one of those times when it was profound enough to wake me up. Yes. And because you made that shift as a life coach, how do you speak into others who are potentially ignoring the, the things that are depleting or taking away from? How do you as a life coach speak into someone who is ignoring that? I start with a very simple exercise and it's really the purpose is to build self-trust. So if you can trust yourself to take care of your body, mind, soul, um, you know, habits, like you said, if you can, if you can really trust yourself with self-love and self-care, then you can move back beyond minimum wage or basic needs. Um, so what I start with is just a, a check-in. Um, what does my body feel right now? What does my emotions feel? What do my, what do my mental state feel? And so let's say my body's tired. My mental state is chaotic. <laughs> Let's say my emotions are sad. Like I feel like I need to cry. Okay. Now what's one step you could take towards each of those to support yourself today? I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed early tonight. Uh, my, my mind is chaos. I'm literally going to sit and just stare into space for just two minutes. Just like stare into space. And then, you know, three, I feel like I need to cry. I'm going to watch that movie that always makes me cry tonight. Or at least that if I can't have time for the whole two hour movie, I'm going to watch that one scene that I know I'll get a good cry out of because I need that release. And then I say, pick one. You don't need to do all three, just pick one. And so in that repetitive process really brings your body, mind, and soul to say, I trust that you will take care of me. And then we can actually go on to the rest, the four steps of soul salary. But until you have trust that you will take care of yourself, it's very hard to move on. And I don't recommend moving on to the rest of the, the steps of the book until you have that, that minimum, that minimum wage. <laughs> right. I love that concept. Like this is the minimum wage. Like this is the bottom. Right. This is just where you're starting. And that concept of trusting yourself is so powerful because I, in the trauma work that I've done as a trauma coach, the narrative of not believing 
yourself not recognizing your power, not recognizing that you have choice, the practice of actually rewriting narrative that's been ingrained, either given to you or that you've had on repeat. Mm. Those three steps to really just unpack Mm. incrementally and then just pick one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's to get back in tune. You know, like I was in that pregnancy, I was completely disconnected from my body and my needs. And it was just, it was finally made obvious to me. I needed that slap in the face because I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. And some, and someone else had to tell you like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, I know. And that's the part right? that's so embarrassing. Really? I had to have someone else slap me in the face. I couldn't have figured it out myself. <laughs> so Sometimes we need that accountability. Yeah. Like we need somebody, even if it's not a close friend, it needs to be a doctor, someone who's going to say, yeah, no, you're not making the right choice here. So I'm going, I'm going to hold you accountable. Um, and I think just kind of one more in this space if I'm doing those steps, but I feel guilty about taking the time to cry, mm. or I feel guilty to actually stop and listen to or watch the movie, what do what do we do with that guilt? So I love therapy, and I know not everyone believes in it or, or goes to it, but I have this wonderful thing my therapist told me, and it's that if you feel guilty about rest, that's the shadow side of productivity and being a good work ethic, having good work ethic. Work ethic. So if you have good work ethic, there is a shadow side, which is feeling guilty when you are not being productive. And it's phenomenal to have good work ethic, right? When you're feeling unmotivated, you can get yourself to do it. However, the uh, the flip side of that is not allowing rest because you're like, oh, I just need to keep going, you know, and, and there's a balance, right, between work and productivity and and rest. So I think that that just realizing, hey, I have a really big strength in work ethic and that comes with an opportunity to also make sure that I rest because sometimes the work ethic can take away, you know, can really yes. say, nope, we're not going to rest. We're going to really just keep going. Yes. In um, a session that I do, there's a quote, and I wish I could remember um, who the author is, but the quote in essence says, if your compassion does not include yourself, then it's incomplete. Mm-hmm. And I think about in relationship to guilt, like you would not have, if someone was sitting in front of you and they felt guilty for taking care of themselves, you would have compassion for them and encourage them, right? right. So if you, if your compassion does not include you, mm-hmm. it's not complete. And that. then doing that exploration work, like if you, if your work ethic is here, why is it that recognizing that? You need to be able to balance that out or create some kind of harmony where you reconnect with yourself, which I think absolutely leads us into talking about how does the soul salary provide solutions mm-hmm. or approaches um, to address the challenges and issues uh, that all of us can find ourselves experiencing? Yeah, I think that's a a big part of the book is that it's 
it's based on four steps. Um, so once you're meeting minimum wage, like we talked about, and you know where you're at in sole salary, we get to the we get to go to the four steps. Um, and the very first one, and I will say backing up, the book is a workbook and book in one. So you have the the information, and then you also have like let's do the exercise, right? And so th- that is the tool that helps you get going. And the the very first step is to identify your paychecks, and that what I mean by that is what fills you up. So what brings you joy, what feels fulfilling um, and purposeful in your life. And I'll be honest, it's so surprising to me still how many people don't even know that. How can you know what to ask for if you don't know that? Right? Yes, that. Yes. That part. Right? And so, yes. And just starting there of like, let's pause and like, let's again, connect back to myself. What what actually feels joyous and what feels fulfilling? So there's um, a few chapters on that in step one. And then step two is how to increase your paychecks. So you're all, we're all familiar with raises and promotions. That's what this concept is in step two. You give yourself raises, give yourself promotions. Promotions are those things that scare the crud out of you, right? Those are like the big things. The raises are step by step, but that promotion is like, I'm doing something big, you know, I'm, I'm quitting that job or I'm, you know, whatever. And I'm moving states, you know, insert, insert big step there. So it takes you through how to do raises. And then when you're ready, giving yourself a promotion, step three, and I will say a lot of people stop here. And the reason is it is so fun to talk about what feels joyous and fulfilling and give yourself raises and promotions. It is hard and you can't go back once you've done step three, which is identifying your bills and what drains you. So once you know that, you can't unsee it. So I do see people just dropping off at that point. And I I know that if you do, you're not doing the work, right? You, you can increase your paychecks to the highest earner you could possibly be. But if your bills are equal to that, you're not taking any take-home pay, right? Right, <laughs> right. So, so I just so encourage when I get when I have my clients, we definitely hit the bills. But I lovingly call my bills joy killers and soul suckers. <laughs> So joy killers are others' expectations or your own out-of-touch expectations that are not in alignment with who you are. So that is what's killing your joy, is these expectations like the parent like you don't work and work like you don't parent. These expectations you've taken on that are not authentic to you. So identifying those and you know, and then budgeting those and stuff for is, is really important. And then soul suckers is the limiting beliefs and fears that are keeping you from living a fulfilling life. Um, so it's also identifying those. Um, so it is hard work, you know, and and once you see it, you can't unsee it. But I will also say that doing nothing is also a choice. Wow. Like also a decision. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. And how powerful that sometimes we will get so revved up with the concept of I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And how do you coach or support those who are in that place of they've at, maybe they stopped mm-hmm. at chapter three mm-hmm. and they don't actually want to connect with the fact that there are bills mm-hmm. and or believe that I don't have any choice about right. the bills that are um depleting or taking from me or the expenses. Where do you coach them through that part? 
two things. One, step four does go through that. So it is like the, the budgeting and budget cuts. So similar to raises and promotions, budgeting are smaller steps you can take. So it doesn't have to be, I'm going to quit my job. That's a budget cut, right? Um, it could be, you know, I'm going to um, ask to be on this project that sounds very interesting to me. Or I had someone who was very into philanthropy, but didn't have time outside of work, found out her company has a um, you know, a process where they decide which charities get their um, their donation or what is it called? Their donations, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so we mm-hmm. end up being the chair of that committee and it's during work hours. Like there's just things, there's things, you, there's creative solutions. There is the big thing I tell my clients, it is not black and white. It is not, I must do these bills. There are all kinds of gradients of gray inside. You just need to be open to creative solutions. So for example, I had my job in engineering, like you mentioned, and now I'm fully at Joyfulness with Just, my, my company. I did not just jump there, right? Like I, I did not just say black and white, it's one or the other. I did a dimmer switch. Like I first pitched a part-time arrangement. Then I went to night school for life coaching. Then I pitched a sabbatical. You know, it, it was a, a slow, there was all these, there, there, I guess I couldn't take the leap from one to the other with one big leap. That would give me a panic attack. So I took the biggest leap I could each time without having a panic attack. <laughs> right, right. And, so, and that's the same thing. And you don't even have to take big leaps. You can take small leaps of maybe it's not, um, you know, going part-time, but maybe it's asking for, a, you know, three more days of vacation a year or whatever, you know? So, But ask for what you need. I literally, I'm hearing ask for what you need and recognize you don't have to rush the process. Yes. Again, releasing that whole hustle grind. I need it right now. Um, recognizing getting intentional is actually a part of the process. Yes. 1% is better than 0%. 1%. 1% shift. I love, I, I was just sharing with someone, um, James Clear's, uh, um, one of him. his... Oh, one of his talks about that 1% shift Mm -hmm. and how much it absolutely makes a difference. If you just did the 1% shift, I believe he says by the end of the year, you will see a 36% shift in change. It's It doesn't always have to be the big leap, Mm -hmm. but are you worth the 1% shift? Right, right. And you, you said it too about the asking. You don't know what to ask for until you've done the paychecks and bills steps one and three. You need to know what is joyous and fulfilling. You need to know what is stopping you from doing what's joyous and fulfilling before you have a clear ask. I mean, you can always ask, but it might not be aligned with what you truly want, right? And so I, I do suggest like do those and then you can ask for what you want and do it. Ask. You're already at a no. If you don't ask, the answer is no. So if you ask and the answer is no, it's the same place you were at anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, I am loving this. So we have about two minutes before we take our first break. And before we take it, I would love for you to share with people, as I'm sure as an author with so much integrity to this work, you have, you've done this work in your own soul. So how did the book impact your life, whether from the author's lens or for the recipients of actually doing the soul salary process? How's it impacted you? Um, Incredibly. (laughs) 
<laughs> Do you know how I say I want the world to have a, a profound impact on the world by spreading love and joy? My actual, you talked about, you know, the B list and, you know, doing your, to, how, what do you want to be? Mine is, I. this is my saying for 2024. I want to make a profound impact on the world by spreading love and joy broadly, starting with me. So if I haven't, it's a me too, right? If I haven't done that love and joy for me, it's hard for me to bring it outwardly. Um, so I start with me and then I, I share it broadly. So for me, this book and these exercises aligned my life with what feels joyous and fulfilling. And I truly believe each podcast I get to, I get the privilege of being on, each article I get the privilege of writing. I ask, let me please have the biggest impact in the words that I say for this podcast, for this article, um, and, and make me align with that intention. Um, and I do feel like the book helped me realize what my intention in life was and to make this leap and try this out, you know, try out this entrepreneurial thing and, um, really, you know, go put, put myself out on a limb because it's what I know is my intent. Yes. And it's who you want to be. Like you're living out, potential and purpose, which is such a powerful opportunity that some sometimes we will um, self-sabotage and lose that chance to live out purpose and release the to-do list and really sit in a place of the who I'm going to be list. Yeah. Oh, I'm so loving this and I can't wait for us to continue this conversation. And while we're on break, I would ask you to begin to think about this concept that you are the CEO of your own life. Who are you going to be? I encourage people to often write down three um, I am statements for the year, and then it allows you to create the framework for the choices you're making, the opportunities you accept, and the things you say no to. Who are you going to be? Why don't you work on this, that while we take this short break, and then we'll come back with Jess, and she's going to walk us through the concept of paychecks. I know you want to understand it, so we'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit sandracoats.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back. We have been having a conversation with Jess Kazkoff, and she's been sharing nuggets, priceless nuggets, from her book, Soul Salary, a four-part approach to walking into fulfillment and joy. And folks who have been following us on Facebook, are pulling up some of the nuggets that resonated with them. Um, <laughs> doing nothing is a choice, Jess told us. <laughs> One guest, Erica, said 1% is better than 0%. Absolutely. And it's starting with me. And so when we continue to embrace the four approaches in the book, you have um, unpacked for us and referenced um, this process. Can you discuss a little bit more about this concept of paychecks? Absolutely. So in the book, I do um, put into two sections. So one is really that joy side and the other one is really the, I call it the legacy side, but truly it's fulfillment, right? If you can write a legacy statement that aligns with what you feel is fulfilling in your life. So those are the the two areas we really focus on. And we use things, um, you know, I use things like making a, a memory of where have you felt most joyful in your life? And we are going beyond like weddings, births, like those are obvious, right? You know, like we all know those are beautiful, most likely. I mean, I don't know how your wedding went, but mine went fine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, those are are, are obvious joyful moments. So I, I say like, go beyond those, like look for those glimmers. I don't know if you've heard that where it's a trigger mm -hmm. is the opposite of a glimmer and, you know, a trigger, something triggers you. Glimmers are a little piece of joy. Um, so it could be a glimmer. It could also be like a really, really joyful thing in your life and really um, look back at those, feel those and remember what it was, what it was like to, to be in those moments. And we pull out what part of that was joyful. Um, you know, that's just one of the exercises. Um, but I, I think it's, really, um, you know, impactful to look back and say, remember, like, where have I had that joy? And, and maybe it's not in the past 10 years, maybe it's really 20 years ago that you remember that joy. And that's totally fine. It does not have to be in the past any amount of years. It's when was the last time you remember feeling very joyous? Um, and, and really like sit back into it. Like, why was I joyous? Was it because I was reading a book? Was it because I was um, outdoors? You know, was it because I was at a concert hall, I love music, you know, it just really pick it apart. So that's one exercise. There's many others, but I love that one because it's, you get to relive the moments. The more you relive the joyful moments, the more they come to you. You know, if, if that's what you focus on, that's what, that's, that's what will come to you. What you focus on comes back. And it feels like that's also an opportunity to walk into a space of gratitude mm -hmm. and yeah. sitting, especially when sometimes life can get us in such a tailspin and we're operating from such a place of fear. Mm -hmm. If we could have an intentional strategy that creates a stopping moment mm 
right. for us to think about, okay, I have not always felt like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was a time in which I didn't feel this way? Right. And just would it then also be an opportunity for them to think about if it if it wasn't just about the event, but it was about the experience, is that memory also an opportunity to replicate that? Of course, of course. And I actually really focus in on what were the five senses during that? Because maybe it was truly just the smell of grandma and I miss her. You know, it, it might not be that you guys were knitting together. Maybe that knitting wasn't that joyous part. Maybe it was just the sitting neck, you know. So it's really going back into the the senses too to truly, to truly bring you back to that, to that moment. And I think, like you said, reflecting is something we just don't often do. The majority of us, we don't often sit back and say, how am I doing on joy right now? How am I doing, you know? And so this book's really an opportunity um, to do that. And, you know, I do suggest just like in your job, you do a yearly review, check in with yourself again. Um, but I'll, I'll kind of give an example of, of my journey with it. Um, and that's a, a time when I really reflected and had a pitiful, pivotal soul salary moment. Years ago, my company, the Fortune 500 company that I worked for announced layoffs. They said, in a couple months, we'll let you know if you have a job. Which, by the way, a couple months is not cool to wait to find out if you have what? a job or not. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine the stress of, is it going to be me for months? Right, right. And it might have been like a month and a half, but still felt like months. That's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, fi- I figured this is actually a great time to reflect, right? I don't know if I'll have a job or not. Um, so I took the moment to um, really say to myself, what has been most impactful? How, where, how have I been most impactful in my 15 years so far? Um, and the two manufacturing plants that I had worked at were closed now. So they had, they had closed the doors. So as an engineer, it was not that equipment improvement I put in place or that process improvement I implemented and created. Those are not my lasting impact. It's truly on the people I managed and the people I interacted with. That's what's lasting so far. So that was an aha moment to me of that's what's important. And I, I already knew that, you know, obviously with my heart, um, but it was just so interesting to um, reflect and realize that. Um, and then second, I said, what was my favorite role? And it wasn't the operations management or process improvement roles. It was this one cross-functional role I did in human resources, where I worked on the climate and culture of the closing plant. So the plant was closing. I helped support people through finding out, continuing to run the plant to closure. And it talk about a heart-based role. It put me right back into my heart and realized like how much I love and love supporting and motivating others and being there for other people. And like I say, once you see something, you can't unsee it. So I now realize that my heart and soul were in with the people and how I interacted and supported them and motivated them and made a difference in their life. And I did end up having a job. Um, but you know, like I said, you can't unsee what you've seen. So that's when I started to make the dimmer switch um, off of my my previous engineering job and on to my my current joyfulness with Jess um, company. And so I that's love- a moment of reflection, right? That changed where I'm going in life. Yes. And I love, again, as you echoed the dimmer switch, it wasn't just a light switch. You allowed yourself to be reflective about something and then you intentionally dimmed and then also brightened on the other end so that you're now walking in the place of 
purpose and fulfillment, even though it may have been scary at times. It wasn't always simple. Am I correct about that? In the book, I I actually say in my quote, I increased my sole salary paycheck by decreasing my financial paycheck. Mm. So it's not easy choice. It's not Mm. easy choice. And at one point I thought that I was just going to have both dimmers on halfway, you know, (laughs) maybe keeping both, both going, you know, I did I didn't know that the end game was going to be, you know, one dimmer going completely off and the other one going really bright. I didn't have, I was going step by step, right? It's, it's too scary sometimes to think about where I, I might end up. I don't know. Let me try this and move on and move forward. Um, But yeah, it was a, it was a big choice because I increased my soul salary paycheck by decreasing my financial one at the time. Yeah. And I think when people are so focused at all the way down the road, in some respects, it paralyzes them. So if you remain intentional and navigate obstacles, I'm curious, you referenced joy killers and soul suckers earlier in our conversation. As a life coach, can you give us some examples of accountability of what a joy killer or soul sucker might be? Absolutely. So on the topic of joy, let's go with joy killers, since we talked a lot about joy in the paychecks. Um, so joy killers are those expectations that are out of touch. So it's it's other people's expectations, societal expectations, your own non-inauthentic expectations. And one of the exercises I do often when I do speaking engagements um, and for my and for my um, coaching clients is really writing down, like doing a really quick one, writing down, let's say three things that you expect of yourself, three things others expect of you. Obviously in the book, it's a lot longer, but I'm just doing an abbreviated version. Um, And then you read through them and you cross out the ones that aren't authentic to you. And the way you figure that out is right now it's a should or I have to. Can you change it into I want to, I desire to, and believe it? And so if you can, don't cross it out. But if you can't, cross it out. And I'm not saying you can remove that from your life right now, right? But it gives you a lot of insight into what you're carrying that is really, truly that it's a bill taking away from the joy you're adding. Um, so it, it's it's a great feedback tool. And like like you said, it doesn't have to be this big leap of I'm never doing that expectation again. You know, like there are like the parent like you don't work and work like you don't parent expectation. Don't get me wrong. There are times when, yes, like right now I'm on a live radio show. I don't want my children coming into the room, right? So I am going to work a little bit like I'm not a parent right now. Um, but, you know, so like it's not that they just get wiped. It's what becomes authentic to you. You know, you have moments in each. Um, yeah. And and it's it's a it's a way to quickly realize maybe all the ones you wrote down were not inauthentic to you. Maybe all the ones you wrote that. down maybe all the ones you wrote down are authentic to you. That's amazing feedback either way, right? Like yes. it just tells you how in alignment you're living with your soul. And it can also begin to allow you to think about okay, now I'm more aware of of. I really couldn't change any of these shoulds into I want. And so then what does that mean about the choices I'm making, about the legacy I'm living, and how full I actually feel? You then begin to deal with that honesty and continue to explore within yourself. Yes. And I know people get hung up on the bills chapter and budgeting, and I will tell you it's the most impactful. 
It is. I mean, it's very wonderful to find out what is joyous and fulfilling to you. And equally, if not more important to find out what's draining you, because the more you cut loose those ties of, you know, of drains, literally taking your energy and your time, um, you know, the more you feel, you don't even have to change your paychecks if you didn't want to, if you can reduce all those bills. Um, It's a great, it's absolutely great feedback. It really is. So are joy killers um, very similar to soul suckers? Are they are they, oh, they different? are different? Yeah. So soul suckers is truly like limiting beliefs and fears that you feel that are stopping you from doing what you your purpose in life, stopping you from doing the fulfillment um, and purpose driven actions that you want to take in your life. Um, so for example, let's say you were you were you knew you wanted to do a podcast and a radio show. And you're you said, I'm fearful of being on camera, of being my voice being heard. And I don't haven't done this before. You know, that's a fear that's going to hold you back from doing the thing. Right. Yes. I know we talked a little bit earlier about it. And it's um, you know, the right time to do something was probably yesterday, but now is also a good time. <laughs> and you know, no one on their deathbed says, um, "I wish I would have, I wouldn't have done that so soon." <laughs> you know, I wish I would have done that sooner. I wish I would have actually done that. And so, these fears and limiting beliefs can often paralyze us from living a immensely purposeful life. Yes. And I, when I think about even my process, I was transparent with you in, in starting this journey in how I actually um, could not stand the sound of my voice. Mm-hmm. And so to think of having a podcast or a radio show and you and I can't stand, stand to hear my voice it really became an opportunity for me to push into but what could this mean mm. for others do i have something to say and do i have something to add value right and if i do can i push back the the internal narrative that i don't like my voice that fear and of your so, voice being heard yeah right which which is more important when it's tied to purpose so that same thing you said earlier about the why 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 if you if you have that why you're able to kind of face some of those fears more you know more likely to be able to face some of those fears so knowing yes. knowing you know on the fulfillment side of paychecks knowing what fulfills you and what feels purpose driven helps you make the decisions of budgets and budget cutting because you say, I know that this is my my statement of what I intend. Is this action I'm about to take aligned with that or not? Yes. And is the life I currently live aligned with that purpose statement or not? Yeah. Yeah. We've talked so much about joy and fulfillment. Is joy an emotion for you? Oh, I think it's very personal, but for me, it's like this warm feeling. It's like a hug. It's a little bit of, like I said, the glimmer. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like a little sparkle, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's For me, it's like a whole body experience. And I don't know how, how do you feel, Joy? Because for me, it's this kind of like just, oh, the whole body kind of, I don't know, just this, this little glimmer. I think that's the way I can say it. It feels like a glimmer in my day. I love that the image of a whole body whole body experience. Um, For me, I shared a little bit, and for those who have read my book, um, Fearless Conversations with a Limitless God, they know the last chapter is joy. And I've actually had to get to a place where joy is a choice. 
for how I want to be. And it is a whole body. It's a whole body experience because sometimes I'm not going to feel happier or giddier or, but to choose the fact of whether it's gratitude, whether it is recognizing what, what has me here in this moment Mm. And can I lean into the fact that there is still something to be grateful for and a reason why I'm here? It sounds like you have done major work on your mindset because that's beautiful. Because there, there have been those, a season where soul, I think I lived in soul sucker place. <laughs> I had a whole lot of narratives that actually were given to me by someone else and I accepted them mm. and, and they were draining. It was just such a draining part of my life. I cannot believe how fast our time goes by. We only have about seven more minutes, but I would love for you to share in this process of leaning into um, exploring the book, mm-hmm. what some potential benefits or outcomes that readers could expect or hope for. Um, yeah. So I think when I wrote this member, I said I wanted that huge impact. Well, I found this quote. You know, so far, you've heard me say multiple quotes. I love quotes. I love quotes. I love quotes. We <laughs> yeah, are we're on it. the same page. <laughs> um, there's this quote that says, "In a single acorn lies an entire forest." So it's basically you're not too small to make a difference ever. You elevate yourself into a vibration, if you will, of of that joyous state, of that loving state, um, you know, self-love state, you truly change the world around you. Um, And so you're that single acorn, be the single acorn, right? And I actually read this really interesting article um, that was from Transcendental Meditation magazine. And it said that this crime-ridden area um, was infused with some monks and people who already lived there so that 1% of the population was meditating every day for a year. And in that, by the end of the year, crime had gone down 16%. And so you know how you don't know how much of it was due to the meditation or whatever, but that just a, a, a showing that 1% made such a huge impact by just raising their vibration into this calm, peaceful state, loving state. And I don't know, it just, it just shows that we can all make an impact. And this book, even doing one exercise and changing one, you know, that 1%, changing even one little thing changes how you show up in the world, which just then changes everyone you interact with. Yes, that ripple effect, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, the power of one, when you show up on purpose, when when you do your part, oftentimes in, in the work that I do around DEIB work, sometimes when I'm sharing and we're really talking, someone will say, this feels so big. Like, how can I possibly make a difference? Yeah. It's recognizing the influence you have today. Yes, ma'am. Will you utilize the influence you have today? Because that's going to impact somebody else. The power of one. So I want to, I want to find out what's on the horizon for you. What are you, what are you excited about in 2024? Oh my gosh. A new year. I love, I love that. Um, 
but I, I will say I'm really excited about going broader. I have, I did like a bingo card. Have you ever heard of this? Like, no, explain play, this. Play you do, um, a bingo card and you write down like all these things you'd like to happen, but they're not going to all happen, right? You're just trying to get bingo. You know, you're trying to get five in a row. <laughs> so um, I tried this out this year. And we'll see how it goes. But one of the, there's, so there's obviously 25 items on the list, but one of the big things I'm doing professionally is really reaching broader because that is my intent, right? Make a profound impact on the world. Well, that means I would need to to go broad. And then personally, it's in majorly increasing my family time. So we're trying to do like a RV trip that's different for us. And, you know, things like that are also on the list of, um, you know, experiences we want to we wanna try. So professionally, there's a whole bunch going on. And personally, leaning in extremely into this time when my kids still enjoy being with me, uh, spending as much time as possible with them. So I always love strategy. Like I appreciate when people have, oh, I love to do. But when you can give somebody strategy, that bingo card, that's gold. Somebody needs to. (laughs) Because, you know, sometimes even just the process of writing down Mm -hmm. 25 things that you hope can happen or will happen, even just giving yourself to permission to write them down, that can be a whole soul moment in and of itself. You're right. You're right. Yep. Oh, so I want to make sure people know how to follow you, get the book, all of that with the last two minutes we have. Awesome. Well, first and foremost, if you're not ready to buy the book, try the free quiz. So that tells you what is your soul salary. It also has subcategories. We'll tell you where you are on joy, fulfillment, basic needs, and give you just quick tips. Um, so that's at www.jesskaskov. Kaskov is spelled K-A-S-K-O-V as in Victor. And that's dot com slash soul salary. Um, you know, it takes about three minutes, like like um, Vidra said, and it just gives you a quick, a quick tip. It's a very quick um, experience that you can do for yourself. If you find that interesting and want to dive deeper, my book Soul Salary is on um, Amazon. So Soul Salary by Jess Gaskov, and you can get it there. And then I'm on social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all under Jessica Kaskov. I would happy to be happy to connect there. Ah. Uh. Jess, I truly appreciate all of your transparency and honesty because I truly believe anytime that we can be honest about our own journey, it gives someone else who's listening permission to lean into their journey. Um, And I appreciate how you have absolutely unpacked this concept with very specific strategic work. Will we do the work because we are worth it? So thank you. Thank you so much for all that you are doing, the impact you are making both right here and abroad. Um, And so we encourage everyone, take a look at um, the self-assessment soul uh, salary and check out the book. We appreciate you. And remember, we are finishing off this sandwich for our January episodes. Kalila Lyons will be back. And next week, I'm giving her the mic. She's asking me the questions about whether or not I did the B-list living homework. Did I do my homework assignment? So tune in and find out 
what happened as I did the work over the month of January. So same time, same place right here on the flip side. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.